So this week, this good friend of mine texts me. She says that she saw this guy who had a skull on his shirt and she was staring at it. So the guy notices this and comes up to her thinking that she's like attracting, attracted to him. And she's like, oh, no, I'm not into you. I was just contemplating my death. And what, what really killed me is that she starts this story saying, it happened to me again. <laughs> like this is a regular thing. It's a memento mori. Yeah, the skull. She herself has a tattoo of it on her, on her arm. I'm a big fan of the memento mori. I myself have a, a huge poster of a skeleton above my, uh, my bed. Uh, Anybody who contemplates their death and thinks about this uh, to their benefit uh, will find its benefits. Also, its, its limitations. It's, it's, it's the advice we're given in the first reading from Sirach. Remember your last days. Remember corruption and death and stop sinning. Yeah? And there's so many inspiring uh, speeches in our history. Just think about Braveheart. And then the Braveheart speech is inspired by the St. Crispin's Day speech of Henry V, who, of course, you remember. Think about what it would be like if you're on your deathbed and you look back at your life and then ask, what would you rather be doing today? Personally, there was a few times that I decided to stay in seminary by doing this very thing. Looking back at my life, would I rather go with this person or stay here in seminary? And I thought, no, I'd rather be a priest. But also times uh, we see that there's limitations in, in this level of living memory at least in my own experience. When I had my second assignment, I moved into this new rectory and, uh, and I had this big blank wall in my room. And so I bought this industrial sized rolls of paper and I rolled them out and I, and I taped them to this, this whole side of this wall and I covered the paper with quotes. Uh, these you know, great quotes that you know, through the years of my life I'd found helpful. I called it my wall of memory. So whenever I was depressed or forgot who I was or how I got into this, uh, into this mess, I could sit down on my chair and I could look at this wall and I could remember these great things. But again, it didn't always help. I'll say there's some quotes that I found so helpful in my life, some so inspiring that later in the moment, it doesn't help. Because, you know, there's one thing about, you know, thinking about our brothers and, you know, forgiveness and, you know, you know, doing good until you don't want to anymore. You know what I'm saying? Until the person next to you is really, really annoying. And it's like, well, now I don't want to forgive you. So I think there's something about living memory that can't just be autonomous. It can't just be thinking about things in our head or even remembering great things in our life. But it has to be a memory lived in the flesh. I think in the second reading, because no one... Of no, none of us lives for himself and no one dies for oneself. For if we live, we live for the Lord and if we die, we die for the Lord. In other words, nothing belongs to us. Since we didn't decide to be here, there is nothing in life that belongs to us. Even our very self does not belong to us. I do not own myself. And in this way, I don't either own my memory and life can't simply be about manipulating things. And in this way, God wants what from us? He wants to enter into relationship with other. He wants us to acknowledge the givenness of life and recognize the need that we have 
to be in relationships with other, others in the flesh. So, for example, uh, sometimes when I, when I get discouraged as a priest, I have this priest friend, I call him up. I say, hey, Tim, tell me a story. Tell me a good story. I said, tell me about that one when you left seminary. <laughs> it's a great story. It's great. Uh, I love it. He did. He left seminary and he said, these, there's these things that I want. And I want to go out and get them. And he did. He went out and got them. He got a great job, beautiful girlfriend, the house. And most importantly, he got the truck and the boat. You know what I'm saying? So he tells me about this. He tells me that he's there in his, his nice house. He's lying on his couch. He's got the beautiful girl in his arms. And he's thinking, I have everything that I, that I left seminary for. I've got it all. He's looking out his window. He can see his boat. And in that moment, having gotten everything that he wanted, he said, uh, and it's not enough. He said, it's not enough. He said, now I have it. I still want more. And he throws the girl off, you know. <laughs> I, it was messy. It was messy. It was, you know, I'm not saying, you know, it was messy, but life is painful, you know. But he did. You know, he made this judgment and he went back to seminary. Now he's, he's one of the greatest priests I know. It's just wonderful. I said, tell me the story again. Tell me the story. Because God wants us to do this, to call our friends, to say, hey, remind me who I am. Remind me why I'm here. Remind me not to give up on the needs of my heart. Because the world is structured, the world we live in, is structured in such a way that it seeks to suffocate the heart. It tries to suffocate memory. It tries to make you think, no, no, what you really want is this stuff out here. What you really want is the good job, uh, the girl, and the boat. And once you get that, that will make you happy. But thank God we have our experience and we have our friends. And the very fact that we find ourselves here in this church, what for? To live the memory of Christ. You remember what Jesus says, do this in memory of me. And so we gather together to celebrate the Eucharist, to live the memory of Christ. And again, not abstractly in our minds, but together in the flesh with those here who are gathered around. So that all of us present here become this this opportunity of living this memory. So you all are great witnesses and a great help for each one of us to live this memory. Because, my friends, with Christianity, well, really with anything in life, we don't make it up. So life is not about control, but is about responsibility. Because we respond to something that God does in our lives. He created us. He put our desires in our hearts. He draws us to himself through the beautiful things and people in our lives. Therefore, all of life simply becomes being faithful to something that happens. That's why in the gospel, the parable that Jesus uses to talk about forgiveness does not begin with yourself. He doesn't say, yes, you must forgive seven times, 77 times by making a a huge effort of willpower. No, rather, he says he uses this parable where this guy was forgiven first. And then because he's forgiven, he should then forgive the other. In other words, you can't give what you don't have. And you don't have what you haven't received. Therefore, uh, the question about forgiving another, first of all, has to do with your already having been forgiven. I say, well, have I been forgiven? Is there mercy in my life? 
And when I remember the great mercy that Christ has had on me, well, then I can turn and look at my brothers and sisters and say, well, they're poor sinners like me. And Christ forgave me, so why can't I forgive them? And then this memory, it's, it's wonderful because nothing has to be, you know, everyone's like, everyone wants to talk about life being hard. Life's not hard, it's painful. <laughs> but hard means like what requiring effort and being painful. But life is simple, my friends. It's simplicity because it's all about saying yes or no to the great love that's been given to us. Saying yes or no to the great mercy that has entered into our lives. And the more we say yes to that, the more we say yes to the presence of Christ, then we'll become more and more capable of receiving that mercy and giving it to others. So let's truly put ourselves in front of the story of our lives, in front of what Christ has done for us as we turn to his altar where he wants to feed us with his body and blood as we live the memory of him present in the flesh.